All right, everybody, welcome to this Madre podcast number 127. Uh, we have an amazing guest, a previous guest, one of the very first guests we had, like, dude, five years ago, you you jumped on the podcast. It's crazy. It was 2016. Um, but Yossi Reyes, how you doing? You doing I'm right? good. I'm good. A lot has happened since then, but I'm good. I'm mm-hmm. in a good place right now. Yeah, yeah, a lot has happened, obviously, to everyone, I think. Um, but yeah, if you don't, know Yosimara's history and his background most of you probably do if you listen to this podcast but go check out that episode which is episode number five I'll put a link to it here where we went into a lot of background on uh, Yosimara's uh, childhood growing up in Eastside San Jose and and some of the fun stuff there so but but I wanted to catch up with you Yosimara because obviously a lot's been going on you've been doing some amazing work and um, it's been dope watching your trajectory over the last few years. I'm, I'm super excited to know you and to, to be, have been watching all of this. Um, I guess like, how, how, how has COVID, like, how are you doing through all of this stuff? That's my first question right now is like, I know you moved back to San Jose last year, right? And did you kind of ride out most of COVID in San Jose or? Yeah. So yeah. one of the things that was happening um, before COVID, right, in the last couple of years is that I've been touring. So, you know, I used to work at an organization called Define American as an artist in residence. And since then, but left that and then started doing my own thing, hustling on my own. So I was on and off airplanes throughout the country, giving lectures, performances. And once COVID hit that, all of that stopped, you know, I, I had a book, I had like a, a good booking that like that, that spring semester, um, so it was going to be good. And then one event canceled and then the next and then the next and eventually all my events were canceled. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it really put things into perspective on top of that. I'm, I have my grandma who was living in San Jose at the time and really didn't have anybody to take care of her. And being the elders were the ones that were initially deeply impacted by positive yeah. and death, like, I had no choice, so I decided to move back just to, you know, to be there, you know, to take care of her, make her that, you know, yeah. she couldn't go out. She can't go yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. just had to make sure that, you know, I was there, one, to keep her inside the house because, you know, <laughs> Mexicans do not, in the initials, method to being COVID safe was like, if God wants me to die, that's what yeah. God wants, which is, which is not, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, it's obviously like a big, big challenge with folks. But yeah, so you moved, you moved back basically right when COVID was hitting? Yeah, I moved back yeah. just when COVID was hitting. Initially, yeah. I was just going to be there for, to write it off because we didn't know how long it was going to take. And it was projected that it was going to be over by June. Um, and then that didn't happen. And, you yeah. know, I was I was paying my grandma's rent in San Jose and my rent in L.A. So mm. it just didn't make sense because I was not yeah. going back and forth. So then I was like, I have to move back as much as I don't want to. I need to move back. And yeah, yeah back since then. So you were you were in L.A. for about four years or four or five years, five years. Yeah, five years. Five, yeah. What was what, what was your L.A. experience like? I mean, how, how did that, you know. Obviously, you moved down there for the job initially, right? Uh, but mm-hmm. just kind of culturally and socially, how was your experience in LA? How did that differ from being in, in the Bay Area? I had a beautiful experience. Los Angeles is one of the most, like, I think it's one of the most amazing cities. And I know there's like a, a rivalry between the Bay Area and LA. But for me, as yeah. an artist, 
It was just amazing to be surrounded by so many people my age that were just hustling and doing their art and just making their own brands from fashion to photography, just being around an environment that encouraged that kind of hustle really helped me to one, build friendships with artists that are doing dope shit, um, two, be around creative people, and three, like step up my game because I think it really taught me to like if I'm disciplined in my craft like I can really make an impact in one making a livelihood out of my art and to like really see myself as you know someone that has something to contribute so I really enjoyed being around that kind of you know young artistic kind of environment as opposed to San Jose which you know I feel like San Jose is more like a you know, like a city where you kind of settle down or, you know, I don't yeah. know if there's that, but I've been made now that I've been back, I've been meeting a lot of San Jose artists that are just out here doing their thing. But I'm like, yeah, if you really want to like learn the hustle of like networking to like getting your name out there, I think LA is a great place to do that. Yeah. It's the, the feel that I get or the sense that I get is like the, the creatives and artists in San Jose, it's kind of more of a, it's their side hustle or it's their passion, but they all there. Nobody's like doing this in a way that you're talking about in terms of like building a serious brand, making a career of your art form. It's just much more challenging. Right. And what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it definitely helped me kind of see myself because mm-hmm. for the longest, you know, I'm an immigrant. So for me, the reality was like, this is my art form. I don't know how long it's going to continue to make me kind of revenue. So I always need to have a backup plan just in case it doesn't work out. But in LA, I think I really learned like, even if it doesn't work out, something's going to land because people are going to know your name and it's something's coming. So there was a lot of opportunities for me to grow there. So I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of that, I mean, I, when I think of you and I think of your work, I mean, if you had been, you know, doing what you're doing, you know, whatever, like, let's say like 30 or 40 years ago, you probably would have primarily been an author. I think of you honestly, as like, you know, this kind of Mexican American James Baldwin, right? You're a creative, you're a writer, but you're also an activist there. And that's a very kind of, you know, clear or kind of obvious comparison there or whatnot. But now with social media, you basically have to build your brand and build kind of content around your story and your stories that you're telling, you know, how do you feel like you've been navigating that just on your own or how do you, how do you approach that? You know, cause there's no template for doing this. Yeah, there really isn't. So for me, it was more like, how do I stay authentic to what I like and who I am? Because it's very difficult. Social media is definitely very difficult. There's a lot of pressures. If you think of your audience and you start thinking of like, oh, I should post this because it's going to get likes. I don't really post like that. I post what feels natural to me or like el desmadre que me gusta. So I think for me, like now it's become more of like, how do I really stay authentic to my voice and defend it, right? Some people might not agree with it. Some people may not like how I express myself, but I can't do nothing about it. Um, The other thing about building was being like things that I like, right? I'm a nerd. I love books. So I decided to branch out and do the Yossi Book Club, which has 
I've been very successful in interviewing authors and promoting books. On top of that, I like to laugh and be this madroso. So, you know, I do my commentary that might be very hilarious or very, <laughs> you know, out yeah. there. And then yeah. the, the main thing is my writing. So I think for me, me not forgetting that my main thing, my goal is to document my life and really document my writing. But uh, trying to make all of that into a package um, has been really cool. But yeah, I don't really think of it as that kind of, you know, some people are very strategic in their branding, which I feel yeah. like now that I'm reaching new audiences and yeah. I, I really need to be more introspect and be more cautious about the things that I post. Um, but for now, I think it's worked so far. But now, you know, I'm at this point where, you know, new people are adding me that might not know me or like I have more yeah professionals or more universities or different audiences that I'm attracting yeah. that now I have to be like okay maybe this one goes to my close friends and not <laughs> into the main main thing so I'm trying to utilize that yeah 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 I mean it, it's also a weird space because and this is something we've found with this mother with Sammy and I making content over the last few years where if you're doing stuff that is somewhat smart sometimes or has a message or has like a hint of activism then you're then 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 you want to do something like you said like this madroso or something kind of wacky or whatever and and there's like this push and pull between those two voices but um it's like this fine line right where you know you want to play in both spaces you can't like create a different account for like fucking this madres this madroso yossi and then you know this is but uh i think i don't know if you get the sense but i feel like it's it's becoming a little more um accepted to kind of um like people people understand there's complexity to like a personality you know and 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 they they can accept that but ha do you get pushback you said like you know have you ever gotten like people telling you to fucking take it down a notch or like you know? I mean, I do. I mean, I get different responses. It varies, yeah. right? It varies from mm -hmm. responses. Um, but, you know, I mean, I try to be as respectful as possible, right? So one, my account is private. So people already know that if you're subscribing to me, you're making that conscious choice as an adult yeah. to click the follow button. I'm not asking you to follow me. So in a certain level, I give people yeah. like the, you know, you have the authority to unfollow or do whatever you feel it's, it's needed. Um, yep. I'm not asking you to follow me. So, you know, at the same time, I try to give people that kind of agency over, you know, what they feel yep. they want to. But yeah, sometimes I do. So sometimes, you know, I'm really quick to apologize or, you know, sorry if I, you know, that joke <laughs> too well. We all have, honestly, the reality is that we all have different meters of joking yeah. and laughter and comedic whatever. So I yeah. totally understand if somebody might not find how crude I might be, which I don't feel like I am, but some people have different, you know, you log yeah, on, yeah. you log on to the internet and you don't know what might trigger you when you see it. But at the same yeah. time, as an adult that is on social media, you also need to be, you know, responsible for navigating that for yourself. Yeah. You, you mentioned that you're, you, um, you know, you've been, you, you went to, a, you've been giving talks and whatnot and you kind of have been invited to speak at these universities and whatnot. Um, tell me about like, have you had any weird experiences? Like, you know, you, you've spoken at Harvard or Stanford and, you know, all these places like that, like, has, have you ever had an experience that just kind of blew up or did, didn't quite go the, the way you expected it to speaking to the, these like 
you know, intellectual audiences, if you will. You know what? I feel like I'm blessed. I'm blessed in the fact that every time I step into the stage, I step with ultra humility. And then I tell people like, listen, I'm not an expert in anything. I have anything. I'm an expert mm-hmm. in my own story, in my own truth. That's all I'm yeah. an expert in. Um, yeah. I also like made it a point now because I do talk about immigration. I do talk about being undocumented. I do talk about being queer. So I know that for some people that might be polarizing, but I made the decision to when people want to debate with me, I don't have that energy, right? Like I don't have the capacity to argue with people. So yeah. if anything, I'll suggest books they should read for deeper understanding. Or I just, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, I'm not in. Enga- I've had, well, I had an encounter with somebody that after my talk, um, they wanted to debate with me about why I was still in the U.S. And I was surprised in my response because normally, you know, I'm human and I'm from the East yeah. time. So obviously I'm going to get heated and I'm going to go in. Yeah. But, you know, I was like, listen, I, I don't have time for this. Like, I'm not going to debate with you. Like, I don't have energy for this. And then they yeah. were really adamant about getting me to argue with them. But I was like, listen, I don't have I have nothing for you. I really don't. Thank you so much well, for coming. They, that's how I ended it. I can't. Yeah. You, know, I, I, you just don't engage in that. So yes, yeah, so that was like a, during a and a or something like somebody. Yeah, was it was after really? the, like this person came to my yeah. talk, waited after the Q&A, waited after I said bye to everybody, took pictures to everybody and then chose oh, to want to have the discussion with me. So obviously, yeah there's something wrong with you if you have all that time you could have been reading a book all that time you were waiting for me to have this discussion (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's basically fucking just a just the fucking asshole going to instigate but because like you said it's not like they went to your talk and like formed those opinions during the talk like they just straight up showed to be a fucking dick um that's ridiculous. That yeah, ridiculous. And, you, and you know what? I realize that those kind of people, what they want to do, like their intention behind doing all that is to ruin your day. And I realize yeah. that I can't yeah. give people that energy because yeah. then they have power over me. You know, I'm right here yeah. in my, I'm right here with my Don Miguel Ruiz for agreements type attitude these days. Yeah, right? <laughs> people that have power over me because I already have enough going on in my life that I really don't, that's not going to affect me. Like I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. When you go to these talks or when you've been asked to speak at, at, at universities and whatnot, what's what's typically the prompt? Like, what do they ask you to talk about or do is it open ended or kind of what's the typical like, do you have, you know, yeah, I'm curious about right, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right now, most of my talk is about narrative building. So one of the things that I'm doing specifically because I'm undocumented is the fact that, you know, because I was undoc- I've been undocumented that people expect me to tell this really tragic story about my life or talk mm-hmm. about my anxieties or how fearful right. I am of ice. But I told them like, that's not the story I live in. Like, I want to talk about laughing. I want to talk about my grandma who's super ratchet. I want to talk about my messy family. Like, I'm more interested in discussing, like, you know, all these other stories that we don't tell all the time yeah. right yeah so I think for me like that's the thing how do I move beyond like this really really sad story which it is when you think about it right like it goes without saying like it sucks you know my grandma's 86 like she's undocumented I'm taking care of her we're undocumented I'm trying to navigate upward mobility I'm hitting so many walls but at the end of the day that does not define how I live my life like I wake up every day twerking I wake up every day laughing I like go dancing I have amazing friends like I have a group support a great support of people around me so those are the stories I want to tell like I don't 
you know, those other things. I think people want me to tell them the stories I tell to my therapist, which obviously <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, does it, it seems like it would get like, you know, to, you would, you, you would get to a point where, yeah, you, you, you don't want to be defined by that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. While at the same time, it, it, you know, it's, a, it's, it seems like a double-edged sword. I think even if you're like, like a Latino creative or whatever, you know, you might start telling stories about that center around being Latino or whatever. But then after a while, you're like, you know, I'm kind of tired of doing this. I just want to do like whatever, like let's say you're a screenwriter, right? Like, I don't want to just keep writing stories about immigrants. I want to write a story about this other thing or whatever. Um, and that, it that I follow, um, yeah, um, what's her name? Carla, you know, Via Vicencio, and like, you know, it seems she's working on a book right now, right? And like, she's kind of just turned off and said, like, fuck this. I don't want to talk about like my struggles right now. I just want to be a writer. Yeah. You know, um, you don't want to get boxed. Like, that's the thing. You don't want to get boxed. Yeah. Right now, I'm very aware that sometimes people tokenize me and that's the reason they book me. Yeah. But, you know, for me, it's also a game because, like, I also understand that there's a cultural capital, there's a culture something within identity politics. But I obviously know that that's not what I'm going to talk about. Like, I'm coming in and sharing what I want to share. And right now, this is where I am in thematics. But obviously, I'm going to move on from this and have other interests and other things that I want to talk about. So, yeah, I think the hard part is not getting boxed and letting people, oh, that's the immigrant writer. That's the right. No, I'm writing about the complexity of humans, the complexity of being poor, like the complexity of being gay, like that messy, messy in between is what I want to capture. Yeah. 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 No, that's, it's, it's a, it is a weird double-edged sword. I mean, um, you're talking about like you you started this book club. I, you you also mentioned that you're starting kind of like a like a writer's kind of collaborative or, or workshop where you're linking. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? And I mean, that seems like a natural thing to want to do too, is to start to help others and to kind of elevate others. You know? Yeah, for me, like one of the things that I said, like, you know, I want to use my platform. One of the things that I said, like you said, everybody's posting their viewpoints of what's happening politically. People really don't need my insight. Like people ask me all the time to comment on the latest that happened in the news. Kamala Harris just came out with that comment in Guatemala. (laughs) So people want me to comment on that. But I was like, I'm I'm not an expert in anything That, that doesn't, you know, I have my own personal opinion that has nothing to do with me. If anything I can do is encourage people to read more or encourage people to read authors that went to school or experts in these themes. So that's why naturally it was like the Yossi book club in which, you know, I was recommending books that, you know, that enlighten me or they give me inspiration for other people to read. Um, And one of the things that I wanted to center around my book club was Latinx authors because one, we don't get published as much. And two, you and I both know that when we go to school, we read the same old textbook, texts, you know, we all read The House on Mango Street and we love that book. It inspires us, (laughs) it gives us moving. But that book was written like 
years ago, right? So who yeah. are the, who are the new writers? Who are the yeah. new um, models that you know young people or we should be reading? And so mm -hmm. for me, it was like very important to really center that. Like I could assign Borderlands in my book club, but it won't happen <laughs> because yeah. that text is done. So I think for me is um, supporting. So part of the book club is we promote books that have been published in the last two to three years. Um, contemporary Latinx authors and and also try to get a spectrum of authors from the Latinx diaspora or array, right? Because obviously yep. it's very different to be Mexican in California, to a Puerto Rican in New York, to a Dominican. Mm -hmm. So tratar de to cover like the basis of that representation. And we've been doing good. Honestly, it started yep. as a passion project. I've interviewed Manino Hosa, Carla Conejo Vicencio. I interviewed Cali, Cali Fajardo Einstein from Denver. I've interviewed like some really, really dope authors. So I think, I think it's a good space. I haven't really seen um, a space that kind of is facilitating that. So I'm excited about the growth of that. And in conjunction of that, right, because I want to support and uplift uh, authors that have the have lived the undocumented experience because mm -hmm. you know the truth is you know there's also commercialization in the immigration sphere and for me it was like yeah. how do, can we become the ones that benefit from our stories right so right now I'm launching an undocumented writers fellowship in which we are Con convening with authors or writers who happen to be undocumented were once undocumented or know that experience and then hopefully pairing them up with authors like Marcelo Hernandez Castillo, Javier Zamora, Jose Antonio Vargas, Carla Conjo Vicencio, these people that already published works. That way we create a ecosystem in which we have literature that talks about our experience. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. That's really sick. Um, is is um, this stuff like... I, I noticed or I read somewhere that you got a grant is one of the grants around this fellowship or, you know, um, yeah, I got the, yeah. uh, I got a grant from the national association of Latino arts and culture, NALAC. And uh, that was part of it. Like I wanted to create um, that kind of space for, for that. And um, I'm really happy because, you know, I think one of the things that for me is that I've been a hustler. Like I, everything that, you know, I hustle on my own. I've never gotten a grant before. So it was a big, yeah. a big, a huge kind of deal for me to kind of be recognized as, you know, an expert in this field and for people to be like, hey, I, we believe that you can be the, the person to execute this project. So, yeah, yeah that's that was, awesome. That's pretty Yeah, cool. that's awesome. Congrats, man. Um, I have a question about how you actually work. Like, what is your typical work day? Or like, what is your, you know, do you sit down and write for X hours a day? How do you structure your creative, you know, day? Like, I'm just curious about that, especially for writers, because like, like I'm, I, 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 you know, I'm a filmmaker and I've written screenplays before. And it's always really challenging about getting into the mode of doing stuff, you know? So I'm curious, like, how do you work? Like, how do you sit down and structure your day, your week, your year, your months, you know, for, for projects like this? Yeah, you know what? Right now, I'm not going to lie, right? Like, the, the creative process have been, has been a little bit slower simply because I've been on hustle mode. So, like, you know, mm -hmm. since the pandemic and all my events got canceled, I was like, I need to step it up and switch everything to virtual. So I need to be on my toes. And I still have a I have my grandma to take care of. I have rent to pay. Like, I really need to be mm -hmm. in hustle mode. 
Um, so that's what I did. I ended up, you know, switching everything to online, virtual. So one of the things that a lot of people don't know about being an independent artist is that you're running your own nonprofit organization or you're running your own company. But so that means that you are in charge of your own marketing. You are your own bookkeeper. You are in charge of your own contract. You are in charge of managing a bunch of accounts. You're in charge of follow-up. You're in charge of all this yeah. and on top of that you still have to write some poems. so sometimes my day like I feel like these last three months was a lot of events and mm. a lot of more office work that mm. I need I didn't need to do so that I'm a little tired so that's why I'm in the process of launching my LLC where I'm gonna be hiring someone that does all that admin work and I can just yeah. focus on the creative part um yeah. but this yeah that's what it's been um and then i'm taking a month off from everything to just revamp everything um mm -hmm. and that's when i'm kind of start focusing more getting deeper into the writing and i have to honestly i have to because i the goal in mine is to you know have a book out get a book deal and get a book out because yeah. you know these gigs are amazing and i'm grateful that i get to speak at, to so many amazing people yeah. But I need a product. I honestly need a product that people can uplift and support because so many people ask me all the time, where can I buy it? What can I do? And I'm like, yeah. just wait for it. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> do you have something already kind of in mind or something you've started or kind of a, a, a product, a book in, you know, that, that's in the works already or like, you know what you're writing or? Yeah, honestly, right yeah. now it's a lot of contract. That's the other thing of like, Ugh, there's a whole business to being artists. A lot of people think it's just cute, right? Like, oh, I just write a poem or produce a piece. You got to make a business plan. Like, those are the things yeah. that nobody taught me. And you got to get yeah. lawyers because of copyright yeah. and stuff, your yeah. IP, todas esas cosas that as an immigrant, ain't nobody taught me none of that. So I'm learning on my own. And I think yeah. right now that's the, the process of working in collaboration. I think right now the step is like really locking down a book agent that is going to be mm -hmm. able to advocate for me, work for me and work with me to construct a book that would be like really beneficial or authentic to my voice. So I'm in the process of that security. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, that's, that's super daunting. I mean, obviously like, I think of these projects a little bit like it's kind of like working out like you know you want you know kind of what you want the end result to be or somewhat but it, like getting started and getting the ball moving is super challenging I mean um, do you have a mentor or people that you work with like you know you said you're looking for a book agent but do you have a mentor that's another question I'm curious yeah, about. I'm, yeah I'm really grateful that I have my mentor who happens to be Jose Antonio Vargas who happens to be a really well established and recognized voice and you know he yeah. has he has done everything from started his own nonprofit to, you know, having his own book deal, doing movies, doing big book, you know, movie deals with MTV. Like he's definitely someone that is, has made it, knows that world and it's very successful in that. So yeah. I think I, it's really helpful for me to have him, uh, you know, for any advice and, mm. you know, and even to look at contracts or even to let me know like, oh, that's a good, you know, every time I get asked to do a, a big project, I'll ask him and then he'll give me his like, oh, maybe that's not a good, that's not a good fit for you, but look at this. So I think that's really, 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 really helpful. 
Yeah. What is he up to? What is he working on these days? Like, is there like a major project or something that he's working on? Yeah, he has oh. a second. He just got a second book deal. So he's about he's okay. working on a new book, which, you know, that's what's occupying him right now. Um, it. book. So it's pretty dope. It's really dope. Um, yeah. And I'm always inspired by him. I think that's someone's hustle that I'm like, bro, like he is on it. Like he is, this is what he wants. And I think for me. The hard thing for me is balance, right? Because obviously yeah. my family is someone that I care a lot about and I need to also take care of. So I sometimes yeah. I feel like I lack on the art because I get consumed by what my family is going through. But, you know, yeah. I think I'm trying to find that balance. Yeah, yeah. How, I, with, with your family, I, it sounds like you kind of became the primary caretaker for your grandmother, but I know you have like siblings, right? Or you have a brother. How... how for me, that was a little bit challenging, like helping my mom out and my dad. And like, I have three siblings and just kind of figuring out like wrangling our collective time, energy, money, even to help siblings out. Like what was, what was that like for you and your, your siblings? I think it was, I mean, it's difficult. It's very difficult simply because we're all, you know, we all have, we're all undocumented. Um, And I think the hard part was definitely, you know, for me, saving enough to get my family out of this apartment complex that my grandma's living and living in a better situation. And for me, like navigating all of that was definitely very difficult. But I think right now we find a good balance. You know, I'm just a little hesitant because, you know, uh, my schedule is picking up in the fall. So I know that I'm going to be flying and going from place to place again. So I think right now yeah. I'm trying to figure out what would be the best um, balance for that. But I also need to take a step back and slow down because I should not be doing that because my end goal is this book, right? Like I can't, yeah, write yeah. On, I can't write on an airplane. I can't write when I'm hustling. Like I, the last, I can't write when I'm tired. So I think that's, that's yeah. a bigger thing as immigrant artists. It's like knowing when are you going to take a break to focus on the bigger thing, which is very difficult because, you know, we don't wake up and not do nothing or, you know, you have to yeah. be active. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you said you got your your grandmother out of, uh, you moved her out of that apartment complex, right? What has that been like for her? Has it been a difficult transition? Because I mean, I imagine even though, you know, you, you kind of discuss this place, this neighborhood and the, the apartment complex, you have a lot of funny stories about it being ratchet and whatever. But at, at the same time, it's home when you're lo- used to living there for so long. Right. Like now you're in a different place. How has she adjusted and how has that transition been for you guys? It was very difficult. We were living there for the, since we arrived to the United States in 1991. So it was Holy very shit, hard. Yeah. Yeah, it was real. She yeah. felt like that was her home, no matter how the conditions, no matter how bad the neighborhood was. It was home. Yeah. We knew our, our neighbors, everybody. That's why I felt safe leaving her by herself, because there was somebody next door who, you know, we yeah. were surrounded by people. Um, yeah. But I also knew that, you know, because of COVID. And I think that's the other thing that a lot of people in San Jose specifically, the three zip codes that were deeply impacted by positive COVID cases were zip codes with Latinos and immigrants and yeah. undocumented people. And that is yeah. because somos un chingo in one apartment, right? We don't. Yeah. How are you going to social distance when mm-hmm. we all have to go to work and, you know, the old pair, the old grandma is at home? There's no way that that's going to happen. So that was also part, part of the motivation. It's like, we need space. Um, mm-hmm. And so that that's what pushed me. But, you know, I also had to include her in the process. We went to look at places. She was like, I don't like this. You know, 
immigrants. They don't like any. I'm like, girl, any place is better than this. <laughs> like, this is too far. We legit moved like a five minute drive from where our old apartment. And we did it because at least, you know, I can drive her to go see her neighbors and it's yeah. close enough. And, but we're at a good place right now. Thankfully, now we have space. You know, she has a little garden, um, things that we weren't really, we didn't have. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, housing in San Jose, it's so, so hard and expensive. So, yeah. 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 Have you ever thought, I mean, do you think you'll move back to L.A. eventually? Um, would you ever take your grandmother to L.A. or? You she know. wouldn't make it she's such a like uh she likes san jose she this is her neighborhood this is her community like it would be very yeah. difficult um yeah. to do it but i think hopefully you know um right now the good thing is that it's not la's not that far it's 45 minutes actually i just was there next last week i'm going next week so it's yeah. really close i think that's the good thing i can just hop on a plane and, and be there like yeah I'm not really missing much yeah. 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 Are you, so you're feel you're, you, you're traveling again, you're out you're vaccinated, whatever. I saw you went to Palm Springs. You were mm -hmm. fucking <laughs> yeah, having a, it's been, I'm, I'm, as you noticed, I'm in a fucking hotel in San Francisco right now. It, like, it feels like things are coming back to normal. Um, is there anything that it, you know, you were dying to do? coming out of covid i think my friends i think that's the thing like i've been so consumed with my family and like being home that i was like that's the other thing about being a caretaker like knowing when you need to create your own space because mm. if not like you know i don't want to i don't want to get snappy with my grandma it looks wrong <laughs> like no me snapping <laughs> at my grandma like that's not cute um and so i think that that's was like okay i need to a break i need to like leave especially latino families we are a lot right there's so much cheese man there's so much this man mm -hmm. like this so, so for me it's like how do i unplug and go my own space like, and sometimes you do sometimes you need to go book a hotel room and like i can't be around you immigrants right now <laughs> immigrants are exhausting so i need my own space so yeah, yeah. that's what i want to do in small space so like i need my own space like i need a, a break yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's it's been bizarre. I feel like I live out here in the Bay Area, but I'm originally from Texas. And so I don't really have a lot of family out here. For me, like I I recently I went to Texas to see my sisters and then I went actually down the, to Mexico. My mom lives in Mexico. She's in the process of moving back right now. But um, it, it I felt like I had to reconnect with like my childhood in some way. I needed to go see people who knew me from like, way back to feel like human again because it's kind of being trapped for so long was it was I mean I, I I live alone right now too so that's like a little weird thing and and it just it, it felt unhuman but um it feels good right now it feels like things are opening up right now um yeah you need social interaction you don't realize how much you miss your friends I'm like oh my god I actually missed you like this is crazy <laughs> I took y'all for granted but I'm glad I have friends and I'm valuing them and treasuring them yeah 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 you said you're taking off a month is that like coming up here like and what does that mean to you like taking you are you gonna like go off social media or what are you doing like for taking I want to I think I really want to I think I want to unplug just so I can focus on like um new like you know I want to do like a new website do some a new look mm -hmm. something different but I I just need to 
it's also very distracting porque estoy en el chisme all the time. So I'm like, okay, I really need to. But it's so addicting. It's so hard Dude. to quit. So I'm like, yeah. Um, so yeah. I think nah, and then you know I want to focus on really establishing this this book agent like there's a lot of really really important things that are happening that are going to be like my make it or break it moment and I feel like mm -hmm. I need I really need to be focusing my attention on that so yeah yeah are you are you working on any kind of a I know you've done like um, kind of like some plays you've worked up some stuff um, are you working on anything or do you have a desire to do anything like that anything that's performing yeah, so my, my play was actually going to premiere in June last year, but COVID happened and yeah. it didn't happen. So now we're looking to premiere it in the spring of 2022. So that's the thing that I'm working on, how to polish that, how to make that super, super clean. Um, so when do premiere it at the Brava Theater in San Francisco, it's popping. It's like, and hopefully by then, like we can have a full house. We could have yeah. people. It could be like the event of the summer. Um, but that's what I'm going to be focusing on right now. Like the good thing is that I have these huge projects, which is really crazy to be working on. Um, so yeah, all of that needs my energy, which is a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Dude, it is a lot. Yeah. And kind of prioritizing it is the real challenging part. Like you said, is like, what do I work on today? What do I kind of, it's like short term, which is, I, or there's like the immediate shit, what you're saying is like the social media stuff. Oh, can I post something today? And then there's like, you know, what do I do that's a week from now, a month from now? It's, it's so challenging. Um, but going back to the play stuff, I saw you watched In the Heights. What did, what did you think? I, I loved it. it Honestly, yeah. I, I think it, I thought it was good. I think our little immigrant dreams are super inspiring. So I think that was the focus of this kind of this play. It was really, really, I think that it, it kind of like, oh, my God, like it, it really helped me like, OK, it inspired me. I woke up like, okay, let me type something because I need to make sure that my play has this kind of feeling and the same emotion. So yeah, there were, it was really beautiful. And I'm so happy, you know, we don't have a lot of movies that center Latinos or anything in Hollywood in this way. So yeah. I'm hoping that people go watch it and really, really, really support it because we need that. No, I think it's it's been getting good, good reviews from what I can tell. And obviously it's you know, he's hot, Lin like, you know, people like his shit. So it should do well. I hope it does well. Any other shows over the last couple of years? I know that you, you're somewhat friends with, with Tanya Saracho from Vida. What did you think of that show and its representation? Oh my God, it was, yeah. it was so dope. Tanya's amazing. I think she's an amazing playwright. I think she's amazing in the way that she's taking over Hollywood. And she's yeah. telling really authentic, nuanced stories. So Vida was amazing to me. I think queer Latinx storylines like that, I think were really, really dope. Uh, I got to make a cameo, I think in episode three, you can, if you blink, you can see like two seconds <laughs> of me taking a shot. Um, so <laughs> I think it's, it, it was a really, really dope show. And then also Hentified by Marvin and Linda Chavez. Yeah. Marvin Lemos and Linda Chavez on Netflix is coming season two and those and you know people this is the people that I met when I moved into LA right people that are just like bro you have a sh like who like hey I know someone that has a show on stars and a show on Netflix like these are yeah. these are the kind of connections and relationship building that just happens in places where everybody is just on the grind um, so yeah those two shows season two the Pentify is coming up this fall I hope 
um and then yeah it's just really really dope to kind of kind of see that and now linda from uh hentify you know they announced mm -hmm. that she's gonna be adapting not your perfect mexican daughter uh which mm -hmm. was a book that was part of our book club uh nice. the book club so it's all it's like the all the inner workings of all of us just you know storytellers and and getting the voice out there so it's really dope kind of dope to see all that yeah. Do you have a desire to do anything in that space, television or, or film or anything like that? Or I think that would be I think that would be so dope to capture capture Eastside San Jose in its full like spectrum and this madre and just like just the array of characters that existed in my life you know and that was the play was about like growing up in this apartment complex with all these mexican immigrants from puebla oaxaca guerrero like all the dark ones that we never see on tv um, <laughs> and so i think that was like part of it and also like messy 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 mexicans because i think that's the other thing right because the part of the fact that, you know, exists in like xenophobia is that we're always on the defensive, right? We always want to mm -hmm. represent Mexicans mm -hmm. in this noble, hardworking way. But girl, yeah. there's there's lazy Mexicans. There is. And we want to yeah. showcase that lazy primo you have that be eating hot Cheetos, playing video games while the mom does all the work, right? Like those are the <laughs> kind of characters that I want to kind of be able to capture in that. So hopefully... You know, I think that would be awesome to kind of showcase all that array of characters in, in a show. And also that's really rooted. It's rooted in like working yeah. class people just fighting and struggling. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Make something that's not uh, set in East L.A. or Boyle Heights, basically. Yeah. Like <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know, I lived in Boyle Heights. I know Boyle Heights. It's an amazing place. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place. But I think the reality is that, you know, it's it, it, ge geography has a lot to do with how we live. Right. And in Silicon Valley, what ends up happening is that people believe that we live under this glossy city in which everything is tech. Everything is like this kind of innovation because that's how we market the city. But the reality is that the people that run or make the city run are the ones living in the east side. You know, the señoras that are taking the 522 to go downtown, like the ladies that are going driving to Fremont like this is kind of the eclectic thing and right now you know one of the biggest things that's happening in San Jose is that we're fighting for the flea market which is like this place that we all grew up with it has historical significance it's immigrant families who have small businesses little puestitos and now it's kind of being taken by this idea that people want to redefine what that is because they built the new BART stopped and all these things so it, everything's changing in this city. So mm -hmm. I think that's the other thing is for me. Mm -hmm. And part of my play is that like, we live in mm -hmm. Silicon Valley. Like this place is has so much wealth. How mm -hmm. is it that we still have these kind of income disparities? And why is that? Um, especially now that we're having this movement of like, you know, consciousness, right? Everybody's the Black Lives Matter movement. Everybody's like, I love immigrants. But do you when you're not investing in these communities to thrive in the city? So I think everybody's having this conversation across the U.S. of like what is performance and what is actually policy that helps our communities thrive in these cities that we make the culture of. So it's yeah. very interesting. It's interesting to kind of see that. 
Yeah, yeah. I hadn't heard about the flea market. What are they trying to do? Are they trying to develop it into something else? Or Yeah, they're trying to make it smaller because they want to create mm. more condos and, and housing. And, you know, it's next to the BART. Like, there, we just have the new Berryessa BART there. So, like, that's yeah. creating a new... So, I know right now the movement is to kind of, like, get vendors to give their testimony about, like, the significance of being a vendor there. Um, because, you know, it was Rasquache back in the 90s, right? I'm back in, you yeah. just pay your little money and just throw your blanket and sell all the knickknacks you found or stole from the Goodwill and made them for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's funny. That is funny. Well, it sounds like you're up to a lot, man. It, it sounds like it's going to be an exciting, uh, you know, year, next 12 months for you. I, I think the, the play, you said it's going to be here in, in the city and at the, the Bravo yeah, Theater. It's, yeah, the idea yeah. is to, it's going to, we want to premiere at the Bravo Theater, which is in the Mission. Um, so, yeah, that's the goal right now. Like, we're looking for a spring uh, a premiere. So, hopefully that happens. You know, I, it's just a lot of planning. So, yeah, finding the, we're putting together the right team for that. And then the other thing is like really, really trying to get this kind of something happen with the book or algo. Yeah. And that's amazing. Too, right. I have so many friends that are publishing books that make me like, bro, you need to step it up because these, these girls are already on their second book. Like they're already like, <laughs> deals, and you're over here like doubting my, that's the other thing. I doubt myself a lot. I doubt myself a lot because, you know, I really didn't have met anybody that came from my background that is kind of, doing shit in that way and i feel like i'm learning it on my own and making a lot of mistakes so i need to figure out how to not do that anymore yeah yeah for the play is it is this, is this a like is it a big cast or like is it a one-man play or yeah it, it's, many, it's yeah. gonna it's gonna be a one-man show john leguizamo okay. okay. style right like uh, a yeah, one yeah. person uh, uh, show and so that's the way that i'm kind of uh, i'm thinking about it right like me telling my own story of you know what i've been to through and then um yeah and doing that so got it got it got it that's cool man i'm excited for that i think I, I hopefully uh, everything's opening up like have you have you spent much time in the city lately like have you been up I, have, I only to Dolores Park I haven't really been but I know that June 15 which is in a four days dude it's about be, to go crazy we are about yeah. to be in these streets people don't really care no more people some people been out okay so yeah. people I know yeah. some, whoever is you been out you be in the streets I know <laughs> you in San Jose there were so many underground clubs this is how you know yeah. like you're part of the Rasquacha community when people invite you to like hey you want to go to this party in Palo Alto but we have to go through the back door like oh shit oh shit <laughs> yeah I yeah I hadn't heard of that one that's, there's, that's funny. There, there, there's a lot happening so yeah I'm you know hopefully I think the scary part is that like that you know we're opening up and hopefully this goes away and it's been such a it's so crazy to think that we've lived through all of this and it's almost been you know gonna be like you know like yeah. been been here for a while like that's wild to me yeah have you have you um or have you considered or are you working any of this COVID experience into new work um I think right now it's more like trying to figure out 
character i think the biggest thing is like maybe like a, i'm probably gonna work it out into a book into the book or in some yeah. somehow mention it into the play because i think it really 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 redefined what was important to me and that was like dude i have to keep my grandma safe like that was the biggest thing for me like during COVID. right and that's yeah. that the sad part that we're all collectively grieving because i know so many people that lost a tío a tía and abuelito yeah. and that's so sad right that they you know some of them couldn't bury them like it's just like a collective yeah. grieving that we're all going through so I try to be very mindful of that too because I know people are going through it we're all honestly that's what I tell everybody every talk that I do is like we're all at the edge right now we are all like at the brink of a breakdown so yeah. I'm praying that we, you know you don't have that because th that's the other thing that I realized that Dude, once you have a breakdown, there's nothing I can tell you to get yourself out of there. I could tell you, like, girl, smile. Think of the pot. That doesn't help. Like, it's you. Like, you have to go through it. So it's yeah, yourself and time. Like, yeah. it just you just got to give it time and whatnot. Um, so, uh, that's why I tell me, be nice to people. You don't know what they're going through. Like, try to be like, hey, you yeah. know, just be yeah aware because we're all at the edge. <laughs> we're all at the edge. Yeah, yeah. Um. Speaking to your grandmother, I think at least like a close talking about your grandmother, like she's 86, right? And she seemed, I, I, I saw a post about her, you taking her to the doctor and saying that she's like kind of going blind now, right? Mm -hmm. um, what do you, what do you think about, you know, your grandmother's last few years, you know, like my mother's getting older too. My, she's not that old. She's like, you know, 74 or something like that. And you know, starting to kind of think about, you know, wh what are your, what are your wishes, I guess, for your grandmother's, like the, the last part of her life here and kind of like, what yeah. does she want and how, how are you trying to help her with that? I know? think that's part of the, probably going to be the book, right? My grandma's 86. Yeah. She doesn't have time to wait for no immigration reform, none of that. And that's the reality. And for me, my yeah. goal, my goal was like, how do I make her life as easy as possible and enjoyable as possible? So I'll do little activities like going, go getting manis and petties, things that she's never done because she's an immigrant. Like she's not used to being pampered, going yeah. on walks. Like if she wants to eat something, I'll drive across town to a supermercado where she says the fish are fresh because in her head, that's what it tastes like. Like I'm willing to do all these things for her. So I think my, my, my goal is like, like making it as easy and as enjoyable as possible, right? And checking in with her, like if she's happy, if she's sad. Um, and, you know, we've been discussing, like, honestly, within the next year or year and a half, like, you need to go back home. You need to go to Mexico because you have other kids you want to see and enjoy. So you should do that. So we're very stuck. I think that's part of, like, the, the heartbreak of the immigrant or the undocumented experience is that we're stuck in this in between, like this kind of, you know, that you don't know what to do. Um, and then the biggest thing as a poet, right, is realizing that country is not a place. It's not a, a flag. It's not like a country. It's not a piece of land. Country is the people that helped you make it to where you are, right? Country is my grandma. Country is my family. That's when I say I speak about country. Those are the people I want to be around with. Um, so I think it's just making that difficult decision. And I think that's the most heartbreaking thing, right? That time is, we're running out of time and life is too short for us to be living through all this turmoil and all this chaos. Um, yeah. So for me, it's like, how do I make it, how do I make her life as easy 
um, and happy and joyful as possible. Um, and I'm grateful because now I feel like I'm doing that. She she's happy. Yeah. She just goes through it because she's she's a, a sufrida. Like her psychology is <laughs> sufrida. Like how do you get rid of that when all your life has been suffering? So she's not used to that. But right now she's good. Honestly, since the pandemic, I've been doing you know promoting our walks on Instagram. So she's she's thriving as an artist herself, right? She has a mural in the mission at Clarion Alley. Someone did a mural. Um, she has an art piece by Rafa Esparza, which Rafa Esparza is a big name in LA that's in a gallery in LA. She has another uh, recording installation that's opening up in Seattle. So that's the cool thing that at least one of the beautiful things that I can say is that I'm incorporating my grandma into her, my art practice and she's immortalized forever because she's part of this kind of artistic world and she's in art pieces and at 86, yeah. she's able to do that. She doesn't get it, how big of a deal, like she's yeah. so underwhelmed by everything. We took her to <laughs> the mural and she was like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, girl, how many undocumented old ladies have a mural in an <laughs> alley? Like, you need to be more excited. But she's old, so she's like, okay, that's cool. And, you know, like, she's like, oh, dile a tus amigos que le mando muchas bendiciones. People on Instagram send her packages, like, care yeah. packages, candles, all these things. And she gets super excited because she's like, oh, cool. People are sending me gifts. So I'm really grateful that people online love her. Um, and are helping, you know, make her feel special in that way too. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just logistically, if she goes down to to Mexico, does that mean she she has to stay? I mean, it, is that kind of? Yeah, is, in essence, yeah, yeah because there yeah. really isn't any policy um, or any anything for someone yeah. like her. So I think we're probably looking maybe like a humanitarian visa or something. So we'll see. I think right now it's just like trying to figure that out and thankfully right now i have daca so through daca i can apply to advanced parole so that'll make it a little bit easier but hopefully you know the dream would be that there's a legalization in sight but the sad yeah. part is that we can't count on anything if kamala harris who we were rooting for came out and said that this week what can <sighs> we expect from this administration so it just yeah and that's the other thing, you know, part of the four agreements. You can't let that affect your psyche or your spirit. Like, I got to, like, detach and be like, okay, cool. That's not going to affect my day. got to keep going yeah. and enjoy what's around me. So, yeah. 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 No, I never had my hopes up with, with Kamala, honestly. Just her fucking previous work as a DA here and all that shit. But, like, you know, in, in theory, like, a badass woman of color making it a VP, that's fucking gangster. But yeah at what cost <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it's it, you know like you said i'm not a, like you say i'm also not an expert on this shit but just you know all, all i can do with politicians and shit is kind of look at their past history and say like okay they made those decisions and well there's no arguing with that we're not arguing about something she said we're arguing about the decisions you made and those you know those decisions were made and and yeah i was not not super hyped about her dope that it's a female that's a female of color but i'm not surprised that the shit she said like a couple of days ago so well there we go that's that's your girl that's <laughs> yeah. yep, yep, yep. you can't get back too much yeah yeah 
right, man. Well, I'll wrap it up. We're about to hit an hour here. Th- thanks for thanks for chatting. I'm sorry this is so loose or whatever. I just wanted to catch up and 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 you know, hopefully people um, you know, check out some of your work and, and continue to to support all that you're doing here. I mean, is there something people can do right now? Uh, anything you're working on or anything? Yeah, like right now. I mean, if you choose to, you can follow him on Instagram at Yossi Ray or my website, yosimar.com. I'm about to I'm about to launch my summer reading challenge. So I'm promoting five books. Um, they, the five hottest books you should read this summer. Should you be interested in doing something that, you know, Stimulating yeah. thought, you should definitely uh, join my book club. And I'm having conversations with the authors of this book. So it's going to be badass because I'm really, really excited about some of these books. So, and that, that's, I'm, I'm teaming up with the Center of Cultural Power to, to launch that um, this July, August. So, yeah, th- nice. you can follow that. That's the biggest thing I'm doing right now. Nice, nice. All right, Yosimara. Well, thanks, thanks again for your time. Thanks for always agreeing to jump on. Super appreciate it. And, and I'm looking forward to, uh, what pops up i will i will join the book club and i will commit to reading the books i will i i will yes. i'm putting myself on blast here i will read the books and i will post when you do it i'll post it here on this Friday. that would be my commitment because i need to read more too like i'm, I'm such a i'm so lazy uh, not lazy but my problem is i start reading at night and then i'm like that's the fucking two pages and i'm dozing off I yeah. need to like these are good. These will be engaging. These are definitely engaging books. You'll like them. You'll like them. All right. You know what? Like when I was reading Carla's book, um, I actually didn't finish it because it was like painful. Like I yeah. found that book hard. Like it was fucked up. <laughs> it was a that's a fucked up book. Honestly, like I was fucking crying uh-huh. when I was reading some of those stories. I was like, this is too raw for me. Like yeah. it's like beautifully written but it's just so tragic some of the stories where i was just like ah damn it like i was hanging out with a friend one time we're like oh let's go read you know in the hammocks and shit and hang out and stuff and i'm reading that book and i just was like ah, i can't this is supposed to be leisurely activity and it is but i was like this is too raw for me she's like are you okay i said no i'm not okay this book is fucking hard Oh, but at the end, it's good. At the end, it's like, okay, at least I, you know, what made that book better was Carla's gangster voice because she's definitely punk rock about fuck all of you. I'm taking care of my people. I don't, we don't need your sympathy. We got each other. So I think that was yeah. in the book. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a great book, but that was a very hard book to read, I, I thought, um, just from an emotional like standpoint. Um, yeah. 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 All right. Well, I'll look out for the books. I will post when you post and I will commit to reading those. And and you better pick some good books, man, because I'm going to I got I'm gonna you. read I got them. You. I got you. <laughs> all right, Yossi. Thanks a lot, okay, man. Please. We'll, we'll be seeing you. Enjoy your weekend. Yeah. yeah, thanks, man. Thank you all for listening. This Modern Podcast number 127 with Yossi Madres. Please make sure to follow him and leave a like and subscribe on this episode. Uh, and, uh, you know, follow us on Stitcher uh soundcloud apple podcast whatever i i do this wrong every time you'll see so this is just a bunch of bullshit i'm trying to make this sound official but it's bullshit so <laughs> <laughs> all right you'll see thanks bye. man we'll talk later yeah bye